0: Unique lives. This is a show, and I'm on a quest. A quest to find out how people get unstuck and create unique careers, unique lives. Every week I will interview a guest to find their answer. Will you join me? Let's begin! In this episode, I'm talking with Peter Wallen. A communications trainer and consultant residing in Slovakia. I, on the other hand, reside in Munich. So how do we know each other? You'll learn this right at the beginning of the conversation. You'll also hear us talking about making an impact, mentors, communication, sex, Brexit, Trump, being slapped on the face and more. How do these all relate to each other? Well, you have to find it out yourself. So enjoy this episode, and I'll talk to you at the end. From my side, I've known you for two years now, when we started our, um, what's the course called, Uh, Connect With Anyone, right? Connect With Anyone. Yeah. With anyone, and we had our mastermind through that, and uh, we loved our togetherness and we continued after the course was over and At some point, everybody had busy lives, and it found a natural end and um I remember from that time and afterwards, when we caught up, you always had a very um humble approach to life so what i observed always from you is a very calm presence Mm -hmm. and seeing the situation like even when you experience some challenges I never felt you share it from a place of having a panic but from Mm -hmm. a place of I'm outside this this is happening I'm observing from outside I see that happening and I'm sharing it with you and if you have ideas I'm very open to hear your ideas and then you take it and you think about it I feel you always take pauses and mindful approach to whatever is going on in your life. And I wanted to speak with you about, so this is what I observe from outside and I really appreciate your approach. You inspire me to approach things also like that in my, in my life. And you, have a, you had a very big influence on my changing my career. It was when we were together in that mastermind group, I got to find courage and make the decision. And you were really, you had a very important effect in that. So this is where how I know you. And that's why I wanted to talk with you about how you become this person and what you have experienced and maybe what okay. you're experiencing that, can um give some people some ideas or they can connect that with themselves as i did with myself sure
1: sure Well, firstly i'll say i'm very happy that it helped you
0: (laughs) thank you very much (laughs) Uh, thank you for telling me that I, i actually would love you to tell a bit about who you are so that people also get to know you somebody who has never met you get to know you from your perspective of who you, th- who you think, <laughs> who you think you are is not a last way of asking people. Yeah. <laughs> how you would describe yourself to someone who is just meeting you so that you can influence their perceptions?
1: That's a big question.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I put too much. <laughs> I raised the expectation. <laughs> yeah, set
1: the expectations. Just, just
0: tell us, just tell us what you do and uh, how you Okay, I mean,
1: We start with what I do, although of course not a full picture. I I usually say that I help people talk to each other Mm -hmm. in a more active component, that means basically I'm a um, soft skills, trainer, communication, coach, teacher, something like that. I'm called a consultant at work, which always sounds very impressive, Mm -hmm. but basically I help people talk to each other. So, So the majority of what I do is running communication training courses, I started with presentations. I now do uh, intercultural, cross-communication, negotiation training, conflict resolution, giving feedback, receiving feedback, teamwork, management, leadership, sort of, in a sense, the standard package of soft skills, Mm -hmm. a large component. I also do a lot of coaching, Mm -hmm. mostly in a professional context, people's careers and challenges at work, although increasingly I'm getting more involved in, let's call it personal coaching, Personal issues. Um, although I hate the phrase life coach that some people use, um, because I always think, what do I know about life? <laughs> you know? Um, so that, that's fundamentally what I do, mm-hmm. my day to day things. Yeah.
0: Can you repeat what you said in the beginning? You said it. Was I help people powerful. talk to
1: each other. That's it. That's it. I mean, the background was in English teaching. Um, obviously, those of you who are listening will hear that I am an Englishman. I lived in the U.S. as well, so I don't have the the pure British accent. And I came to Slovakia, where I live now, as an English teacher in 2011. And I did that for a number of years and then gradually transitioned more into the soft skills side. So still a teaching component, but teaching a different skill, let's say. Mm -hmm.
0: So how did you end up being a consultant?
1: Uh, Through connections with people. I think it's, it's something that I, I always mention, particularly to younger people, uh, you know, when I train them or work with them, that networking is so powerful. Particularly, I mean, we're in a small city. Bratislava is not that big of a city. So I always say networking is crucial. Um, it's a very small town and everybody knows everybody or their cousin is married to the manager of your friend. And there's always some, some connection here. But I was teaching English, And some time ago, I was teaching in Lenovo, the the computer company Mm -hmm. client. And I met a lady there in my classes who was director of marketing or something very, very high level position. Mm -hmm. She left the company. um, I made sure to get her contact information because even then I thought, you know, she might be a useful person to know. We had a few, few English lessons privately. And then out of the blue, I hadn't seen her for several months she sent me an email with the information for a, a Toastmasters speaking competition. I, I know that you now attend the Toastmasters yes. speaking. Um, and I, I heard of it, you know, my, my previous school director had attended the meetings a few times and talked about it. And I remember looking back on it, I'm really glad it, it went this way because I'd had a horrible week of teaching English and it was just a lessons morning to evening. I was very tired mm. and they, Speaking competition was on a Saturday and it was going to run all day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I remember thinking, I don't want to do that. I mean, hours of competition that I don't really know about on a Saturday after a week like this. I remember saying to myself that, well, if you do nothing different, nothing changes. You never know. And I, so I made a plan that I would go to the speaking competition. And if it was really boring or awkward, I would just leave early. You know, I'd, I'd lose the morning, but not a big big deal. I prepared a speech not really knowing what I was doing and then I attended the speaking competition and it was an all-day event and there were speeches in English and in Slovak language and in German language and they had improvised speeches and prepared speeches and I didn't really know what I was doing but I entered both categories Um, and two things happened out of that. The first was that I ended up winning a gold medal and a silver medal in the speeches Um, And it was a big shock to a lot of people because most of the people who win the competitions are active Toastmasters members who practice speaking. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: A lot of people said, you know, like, who is this guy and where did he come from? (laughs) You know, and and I didn't, I'd always felt fairly comfortable speaking in front of people, but I'd never thought of it seriously. So that that was a big change. And then I got involved in Toastmasters. I learned a lot about public speaking, presenting, and that was a, a big change. But perhaps bigger than that was, there was um, a guest speaker or keynote speaker, uh, a gentleman called Tony Ahmad, who's sadly passed away last year. And he was an incredibly experienced trainer and consultant. And I remember he was giving the the keynote 90-minute workshop. (laughs) I always laugh about this, because I actually was, I'd drunk too much coffee and I really needed to go to the bathroom. I don't want to leave at the beginning of his keynote speech. That would be rude. So I'll wait for him to get started. And then after about 10 minutes I can go out and it, it won't look bad then. And from the start, he was so engaging. I stayed there 90 minutes. I'm sort of sitting in my seat waiting for the end because I needed to go to the bathroom, but at the same time I'm excited by the kind of the, the quality and the energy and the passion of his, of his presentation. And there's one moment during his presentation where I don't remember exactly what he said, but he was commenting something about the competition because he'd been very active in Toastmasters in his life. And he said, I wasn't very impressed with most people on whichever topic it was. I I forget what he said. But he said, there was one guy here, small English guy, got a hell of a lot of potential. I could make something of him. my, My wife and friends near me looked going, is that you? I don't know. Maybe there's another English guy here. You know, to <laughs> the people too. I wasn't sure, but when he finished the the keynote and the speech, he, uh, I went down to see him, and I said, "You know, thank you very much for your your presentation. It's very interesting. I'm actually in the competition today, and I'll, I'll try to use some of the things you said." He said, "Okay, well, what was your contestant number?" And I said, well, "Number eight He looked at his notes. He looked back and said, "We need to talk." Here's my business card. Me. and i remember feeling really special because all these people around me who were also trying to you know get to know him were, were very envious so mm-hmm. this personal connection um, and I did call him and, and we went for coffee we went for lunch um, we talked And he basically told me that I'm sure you're a good English teacher but I think you have a way of working with people that it's rare to find and I think you'd be a much better trainer than you would be an English teacher or maybe he said it differently. He said that the value of you as a trainer is higher than the value of you as an English teacher.
0: How did that make you feel?
1: I'm excited. I mean, proud. Uh, a little bit embarrassed, I suppose. <laughs> Certain. I mean, at the time that I met him, he was 78 years old, 79. You know, this is sort of a, a man who, his famous story was he trained Steve Jobs before Steve Jobs started Apple. Oh. doing this for 40 years by the time I met him. And so he said, I had this potential and it, um, it was really powerful, of course, to, to, to be told that, um, and I was, I was excited. Uh, and I, I, then attended a couple of his training courses. He invited me to his training courses as an observer, that's mm-hmm. it. It sort of turned into a two day job interview because he did a two day training course and every time he gave feedback, he would then come and check with me. What feedback would you give to that participant? What would you say? Did you notice this? What about that? Every time there was a break, he was asking me questions during lunch. In the evening, we had dinner. It just like a two-day interview. It was incredible. Very powerful. And that's, that's kind of how it started, uh, moving me into soft skills.
0: So you started working with him?
1: Not directly, because... but I, he started giving me a lot of uh, feedback and thoughts he even gave me material for my first training course he gave me his material so that i could use it for the training and um, which was when i look at it very generous because it, you you know i'm sure you know how much work it takes to prepare a training and all the materials and supporting documents i think maybe even more powerfully he was he was the person who would metaphorically slap me in the face when i needed it when can it, you when, give me an example of how he
0: slept too?
1: Metaphorically, metaphorically. Metaphorically
0: how he slept.
1: Probably would have done it physically if I knew it. But um, I remember I had, uh, I had my first private client. And it was a guy called Mathieu who actually now is running a very successful company here. And at the time I met him, he was just starting the company. He was going to give a presentation, a big conference in the US. And somehow the connection, could, he contacted me. And I remember calling my mentor Tony because I didn't know how much money to charge. Mm-hmm. I'd never done it before. You know what? I was an English teacher. I, did, I didn't know what prices were right, what was fair. I didn't want to be cheap, but not too expensive. So I remember I called Tony and asked him how much, and we, we agreed on a price. I think it was seventy euros an hour, seventy-five, which, as an English teacher, was shocking, it was so high. Mm-hmm. I did. The training went very well. His presentation went well. I met Tony a couple of weeks later. He was in Bratislava. He said, so tell me about, it. tell me about your client. You know, you seem happy about it. And I talked about how it was and my feelings and all sorts of things and my pride and, and so on. And it was maybe a few, five, 10 minutes later. He said, okay, would you like my thoughts? I said, yeah, you know, sure. Yeah. Tell me, tell me, tell me. He said, what, what's, what's the client's name? I said oh, he's, he's called Mathieu, which is the Slovak for Matthew. Mm-hmm. Okay. You've been talking for 10 minutes, Peter. Heard you name uh, mentioned Matier, the name once. I've heard you mention how good you are, how powerful you feel, how much money you make, how you know excited you are to get rich being a trainer. You're not talking about the client; you're talking about yourself. And it was um, it wasn't fun to hear that. Wow. More fun, or even more not fun, was he's completely right. I was thinking about money and success and getting richer and ego. And, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with those things alone. But he then said something really uh, important to me. He said, look, Pete, if you go this way, you will make some money in the short term and you will ruin your reputation. Nobody will do anything with you. You'll be half the success that you can be. He said, get successful, work hard, care, care deeply about the client. You know, pay attention and focus on that with you the money will come the money will come just don't get caught in the wrong things at the beginning hear mm. yeah, that but, but he was completely right
0: you know that actually reminded me your website i wanted to do a bit of work before uncle and i checked your website once again and i saw your definition of success And um, your success was based on the success of people you work with. Exactly. I feel you integrated, you become uh, what, with the slap, maybe.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are the things you need to hear. I mean, they're not always fun, but my parents have done it to me at some parts of my life, and teachers have done it, friends have done it, Um, and it's, it's really important to hear that. And not just the negative. I mean, there's also been moments that, for example, this mentor, Tony, would say, I'm really proud of you. And that was, that was really amazing to hear. You know, somebody, he's that good? He's proud of me? So it's, it's, it's this balance of support and, I guess, warning is the best word. You know, but like in a, a good way, it's advice from someone who cares about you and loves you.
0: Curious about how this all started, um, first of all, what do you think uh, Tony saw in you that he told you that there's something that you can work with that there's I'm, something that you mm-hmm. communicate
1: i'm not sure, and sadly he died so i can I can't ask. <laughs> he had a good life we 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 laughed until the end I, I, you know. so I think one component was and it's hard to say this without sounding arrogant, but I will try to be straight with it. I can really work with a group of people and work with a crowd, you know, give presentations, lead conferences, and have fun with people and just connect with them. That's something that has been fairly easy for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, I don't mean that to sound arrogant, but I think he saw that at the beginning. There was a certain comfort of being in front of people that most of us don't have. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you attend the Toastmasters, you know how some people are very uncomfortable, very stressed, very awkward. Mm-hmm. And that's normal. That's, it's, it's not a comfortable place for many people. I still have to work at my skills, but I feel so good. You know, I, I did a conference this summer for the, the company I work for, it's 400 people in the audience. I stood on the stage. I thought, there's nowhere else I want to be. This feels really good. So I think that was a component of it. Later, as we spent more time together and as we talked, I think more and more he saw, and others have said the same: is I really care about people, and I really do. And it's hard to, it's hard to pin down exactly what it is, but um, I'm really happy that, for example, you know. You've changed from, I remember when we started talking, how, how you felt at work and, you know, the stress and the worries and the energy and burnout before you made your you know, shift to what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. I remember how you're feeling and I was, was sad for you as a person and I was hopeful that it would be better and I'm very happy that it is. And the same to the other people who were, who were in our mastermind group and uh, the trainees in my courses, you know, you sometimes really change lives for people. Um, And I made somebody cry yesterday in a good way. (laughs) And it was a young lady who attended a a training of mine a couple of years ago, actually. And she said, I'd love to be a trainer like you. And I gave her some advice and tips and we had a coffee. And she's the only, many people have said that to me. Many people have said, I'd love to have your job. She's the only one who's actually really done something about it. She was just promoted to organizational health champion in her corporation. And so she's, she's doing what she really wants to do. We had coffee and we talked a little bit and I just said to her, I'm really proud of you. And I think that this, this company is a better place because you're in it. And I think your, your team is a better team because you're part of it. Uh, and I think your, your relationship and your marriage is better because you're in it. And I think you oh. bring a lot of good to the world. And she just started crying. She's like, stop that, I'm, I'm in you know, and it's it's the things that I really feel these things and I've been trying to say them, you know, as often as I reasonably can and, you know, in the appropriate times and places. But yeah, I care about people and I want them to be happy. It's hard enough anyway.
0: This is very, I think, genuine care about people. And it's, you are very generous with your words. Um, you acknowledge people, you tell them um, what you see in them. And you also have, seen some generosity hearing your story with Tony. Yes, yes. And I like the fact that you told me it might sound arrogant, but I think it's great that you are telling I'm good at and I enjoy doing this. And Mm -hmm. I think it's very refreshing to own that. And I was wondering how was your owning what you are good at now you that you said I am good with people, talking Mm -hmm. with groups, having fun. How much of it do you to the feedback of Tonya and how much did you know about this before you met your mentor?
1: I, I think a lot of it I picked up before. Um, I mean, I've been an English teacher at that point for two and a half years, maybe three, I'm not sure. So I was, I was working with groups regularly and I'd, I'd learned how to connect with people. And even in English lessons, there was that, there can be that connection. Uh, Of course, it depends a little bit on the on the group or on the person. Uh, But Tony made a big impact, and then later, indirectly through Tony, he connected me with uh, another lady he'd started working with, who connected me to uh, Maximan Consultants, which is the company where I now work. And I've gotten a huge amount from the people I work here, uh, work with here. Um, feedback on what I'm doing, on how I can do it. I've seen how they work with groups, how we work together. So uh, it's very—I mean, I couldn't put a percentage on it, but I would just say, ha- if I had just become a trainer without getting the feedback and advice from the people I've worked with, I think I would be about—I'd be about half as good as I am now. It's just powerful to get that feedback and. The positive and the negative, um, and it's so useful mm. to hear that in the coaching I've received, and and when I've had to help others, and there've been there've been so many people in my life who've made that change in me.
0: Yeah. Mm. Also, in the beginning, you told that people play a huge part in your career. Yeah. Yeah. And when we started talking about this event that changed a lot of things for you, the competing Mm -hmm. in Toastmasters uh, competition, you said, if I don't do anything, nothing will change. Yes. And I want to hear more about what was happening back then in your life that you wanted something to change.
1: Okay. I think, basically I've been enjoying English teaching and I taught English for, for several years and I've really enjoyed it. I mean, it was fun and it was the first time that I'd actively enjoyed what I was doing for work. Um, I mean, it helped that there was a great team in the language school I worked for and my, my wife, well now wife at that time, girlfriend, we met at the language school. So there's like a really, there's a lot of positivity there, but as I did it more and more, and I was earning reasonable money as an English teacher. I just started wondering, is this it? You know, do I, you know, I at the time was, let's say, 32 years old or something, 31, 32. Saying, okay, so imagine I'm 41, still teaching English? You know, going from company to company, teach grammar and business English books. Is that what I want? And and uh, even at that time, I was starting to feel that I was, I don't know, it wasn't, it wasn't enough. It didn't feel like I was going to be making a big impact. So I think that was where it, where it started to, to, to feel that I need a change. I didn't know at that time what that change could be. You know, some people had even said, why don't you open your own English school? Uh, okay, I thought, well, you know, I suppose I could. And, and other options. And, you know, maybe I could even go and work in a, let's say, a standard job in a, in a company here. That was a possibility. I I think I even got an offer at some point. But it it never seemed to have the impact that I was looking for. But my problem at the time was I didn't know what impact I was looking for. So those were the moments. And then when I started, when I started, I have to be honest, when I started training, the main excitement was you can earn a lot more money for it. (laughs) I shouldn't say that, but you can. I mean, you just, in a way, is not that different what I do now, compared to teaching English, just the, the the content has changed, but the value of what it can do good training or good coaching the value is so much higher for many people that um, you know the, the the money was so much greater you know I could do an English lesson for twenty or twenty five euros for an hour, or I could do training for a hundred you know so there was like a money component to it at the beginning but as I did more and more of it, I just realized that the, the impact that you can have on people is so huge and so powerful. And that's, I think already then it started to, to hit me that this is what feels important to me. This is what you know, creates real meaning for me. They you know, told me that their relationship with their mother has improved once they understood our conflict management training. The people have been promoted because of what they've done. People have fixed problems in business, in their life. In their, in their marriages, and I'm not actively trying to do marriage counseling in my mind. just that a lot of the skills of good communication also can be applied to, you know, outside of work, because anytime you're talking to people, you're communicating, whether that's professionally or, or personally. Yeah, this was a, the point that it started to feel important. Hmm.
0: I felt like um, you wanted also growth you wanted to create yeah. impact but also you want your personal growth yeah exactly and how did you make the switch or how did you make this change from what you were doing english teaching you told me that you met people you took some actions but what was going on uh in between all these things happening what were the moments of maybe being stuck What does being stuck tell you? Yeah, I
1: mean, the biggest being stuck um, that I can remember, and this is a while ago, so it's a little bit uh, vague, was at the time I had a reputation as an English teacher in Bratislava. Mm -hmm. Super special, but people would contact me that I'd never spoken to and they'd say, oh, somebody recommended you as as an English teacher. I need an English teacher, my company needs one. But as I moved into the started to move into the training world, nobody knew me. I was nobody in a way. So who would hire me? No. I had this really stuck moment of of feeling that I had the skills, of even even being told by by Tony, for example, that, that I was very skilled and, and succeeding with Toastmasters speaking and so on, but nobody was willing to pay me the money to teach them. And so I was at this 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 very painful stage of believing I could do it, but not knowing how to actually make it happen. Um, and some of the actions that I took were were not great. I'm not gonna say it was negative, but I, I, I tried to set up a tr- skills training course through an English school that I worked with at the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Our relationship wasn't that great. So it, it's actually a perfect example now of bad communication. I use it in my courses a lot, how bad <laughs> it in that um, in that uh communication point and i just didn't i didn't empathize with her it was very egotistical essentially i wanted her school to get me in the door with their clients so in a way i could build my brand and i didn't really have a lot of care for her brand or her concerns and i'm not saying she she behaved much better i mean i think it was just a, not a good match, let's say um and that was, a, that was a big start point. And then the, the big shift came when I was offered the, the chance to work through, through Tony and through some other people. They got me connected with this company, Maximum Consultants, where I work. And it seemed nice. And actually, I'm sitting in our library at Maximum Consultants now, which is the same place I had my first meeting. And I had a little meeting with the boss. And he explained and talked about the company. It was a very positive atmosphere. You know, they said it's open. It's transparent. It's not really hierarchical. It's the group working together. They asked me to do some demonstrations, um, first a presentation for them, and then later to run a short training course, just just a morning, so they could get a feel for me. And what they told me actually was very similar to what Tony said. The the, the director of the company spoke to me after the training and said, your ability to work with people is fantastic. He said, that's normally something we don't see in trainers lack experience Mm
0: -hmm.
1: your content of what you trained us was okay he said but to give you our content or our case studies our exercises that's easy he said it's much harder to teach people to do you know what you do with with the with the group with your with yourself you know, this kind of thing and and that's that's kind of how it started in here and and that was for me the huge break and even at the beginning a a part of me was thinking I'll learn what I can from here and then I'll do it alone so I can keep earning good money. Again, I'm embarrassed to say this out loud, but there was a, there was a part of me thinking that because I was, I just, you know, I wanted to succeed and, you know, create my own I don't say brand or, you know, my own presence and earn all of the money myself. But the more I worked with, with Maxman, the more I felt how powerful and important it was to do what we do and how great the team was and how it, it took away the problems for me. Um, And when I say the problems that the part I've always loved is being with people, sitting with someone and going, okay, what's, what's the problem? What do you want? What do you need? How can I help you solve it? That's the magic standing in front of the group. The other parts, the marketing, the branding, the sales, the contacting clients, Is all important, but it's not what I love. And here, what happens is my colleagues manage that and I just do the training. I do the part that I love.
0: That's fantastic. Share of work. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I mean, it's perfect in a way. And then, and you know, even things like this this conference I moderated, God, I, I love standing in front of people and moderating. And a lot of my colleagues hate that idea. They'd be terrified to stand in front of 400 people. They say, we'll just organize all the logistics and check all the numbers and attendance and names. And I think, I hate that stuff. This is brilliant. You do that. I'll do this. Everybody wins. <laughs> it's It's been a fantastic place to grow. And um, I've actually essentially stopped doing um, any private training um, because I, I have no need or big desire to do it. I'm, I'm very happy with, with what we have. As, as, as a company and you know i don't need anything more in a sense
0: how did you make this change from this um in, i don't want to say the word greedy but this, say it, say it. <laughs> this greedy i want to do my own thing learn everything here and take it with me and create my own business too i actually love it here and i think yeah. i will stay how did you make this change how when did you realize that it's actually what you wanted
1: okay um it's, it's a, there was a moment, actually, there was a moment, I mean, it became easier, the more I, the more I spent time here, and I, I got a lot of things, so it's kind of like, gradually moving in that direction, feeling very appreciated, and so on and so forth, but it was a moment with a cousin, and um, my cousin, uh, owned or created a software company, um, and I, I don't, I'm not going to name it, because I don't know if there's anything confidential in what I'm saying, but created a software company that did uh, work for Google applications Mm. and and he was struggling for a long time and they had their software and it was good and they were gradually building up the business and so on. And when we talked uh, at a family gathering, he mentioned that they were looking to sell the business the following year, hopefully, if it went well and maybe, and there was a lot of potential um, and they'd kind of gone down to, We'll have two weeks before we close the business. And then the little contract. Okay, now we have one month before we're bankrupt. And then they kind of came out of this really dark period. Um now at the time there were a number of trainers I knew, including Tony, but also some others in Slovakia and people just around. And I, I just remember thinking, they're making so much more money than me. And one of them, she's younger than me. That's even worse. This ego challenge. And my cousin sold his company to Google in the end google decided to buy them now i don't know how much money was involved i never asked and even if i did you know there would be a lot of factors behind it but when we talked he told me that the likely buyout would be nine figures that's 100 million or more it's a software company you know high value so i don't know what the final number was but i know that he's an 85% shareholder quite likely That he, you know, came out with, I don't know, 30, 30, 40, 50 million personally after tax. Again, I've never asked him, but yeah. What struck me about that was, first of all, wow, I actually have a really rich cousin. That's... Then I had that moral dilemma. What would I do if he offered me some of the money? I think I'd say, no, no, give it to charity. But I don't know if I would. Um... But somehow it just it, it broke something in me because all of these people I've been envious of, all these other trainers and so on, I imagined adding up all the money we earned for the next five years, all of us together. And it would look embarrassing next to how much money he has. And something about that somehow just, just broke that greed in me. Hmm. So I'm like, okay, so, Okay, you do training and you make five thousand, ten thousand a month. What changes? Yeah. What, what What's the point of that? And and I'm not saying I, I do things always for free, but um, money became very secondary at that point. So, yeah, my rich cousin stopped me worrying about money without giving me any money. Hmm. Big moment.
0: I'm not sure. I felt. I don't know if I understand it. <laughs> Maybe I, I'm I'm still very greedy with money. So seeing the huge amounts of money yep. versus what you thought was huge, yep. <laughs> made you realize that it was actually not that important for you.
1: So essentially, yeah, it's it's I'm going to struggle and fight so hard and steal this you know creativity from the company I'm working on to build my own brand and to go out there and to and then what no. Even if I made 100,000 euros, which is in Slovakia, a lot of money. Like, my, my cousin's probably making 200,000 a year in interest on his bank account. You know, and I don't know why that makes me feel better. I, I genuinely don't know why. But <laughs> it stops me worrying about money, let's say.
0: Oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> I know. I
1: know I'm, I'm interested. Even when I tell it back,
0: it's weird. It's
1: <laughs> weird why that happened to me. But, But yeah, that that was the moment, I think.
0: Yeah, but I'm hearing that you're enjoying where you are and what you are doing.
1: Most, for the most part, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly meaningful and, and more and more there are individual stories coming out of it that, you know, like this, this lady I'm, who I made cry yesterday and from Compliment, that I helped her to get where she is. Now I'm not claiming more than a few percent of the responsibility. I just. Opened one door for her at the beginning, but it's the same kind of thing that Tony did for me. Um, and I, I have a friend who's struggling in his marriage, and we've helped each other a lot. He was also in this, this men's group that I attended, um, and I've I've had people who wrote to me two, three weeks after a training course and say, "Hey, that problem that we did role playing in the coaching, I want to let you know that it's it's a lot better. You know, thank you for helping my life improve." And so these sorts of these sorts of moments are happening more and more. And I think that's, that's what's exciting or, or, you know, that's what makes me feel it. This is, this is what makes a difference. And also, you know, now now I have, I have two sons, I have children, and they're still very small, but I'm now starting to think, what is it that, you know, the kind of, let's say legacy or, you know, what is it I want to, you know, leave them so that they, you know, when somebody asks them, what does your daddy do? Um, And what, what's that, What's that message going to be? What am I going to create for them? So I'd say that's that's sort of what's happening now in me, trying to think what what makes the greatest good and impact in the world, and you know, what kind of father can I be, and that that sort of other other parts, let's
0: say. And what have you come up with so far regarding what you want to leave the world? It's I think it's it's, it's
1: extending. Extending what I do, I mean, I think of so many of the problems in life, as I see them are just a case of miscommunication. I don't think there are actually that many bad people in the world. I really don't. Um, I think there are some, of course, uh, but I think there's a lot of people who are just desperately misunderstanding each other. And when we misunderstand each other and we can't communicate well, we say bad things, we say angry things. And nobody wins at that point. Um, I mean, I think about the, the example, it can be and many modern examples, but, you know, Donald Trump presidency, or Brexit, you know, from, from the UK. And and it's not, it doesn't matter in a way which side of the op- opinion you have, you know, with, with Brexit, stay or leave or so on and so forth. You know, there are, there are arguments for both sides. I have my opinion, you do, everybody does. But if you're insulting and judging and putting down the other side, it's just a case of bad communication there. I think we'd actually be a lot more effective as a society and as people if we could better connect with each other on a human level. Mm. More and more what's exciting me now is how to be more openly human um, and more honest with people around you and and I'm, I'm practicing that slowly I mean after following the men's group I've started opening up a lot more about my real problems and real weaknesses and and my failings and things like that, and it's, I think it's been surprising for a few people, because it's not something people typically talk about. Um, but at the same time, I think it's also really powerful. Like, people have said to me, like, ah, this is, I wish I could be as open as that. And he says, nothing stops you. I mean, not, not entirely, but a lot of the things that stop us are actually our fear, it's what's inside us. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm going, I think.
0: That sounds amazing. Tell me more about what your projects are around now regarding the impact you want okay, to create. Yeah.
1: So there, there are two main lines of thinking for me now. One, one is, a, let's call it, a more traditional professional side. Um, what I've been thinking about a lot recently and, and started working on and creating even with my colleagues is I think a lot of our training courses, and in general, a lot of training courses are not as effective as they could be, because I, I use an example, conflict resolution training. Mm-hmm. It's popular in business, people need it, you know, they have a conflict with their colleague or their manager or whatever it is, but actually analyze what that means. If you're going to resolve a conflict, it means you need to be able to express your opinion well, you need to be able to build an effective message, It's a bit like a presentation. Um, You then need to empathize and listen to the other side. So you need high-level listening skills and to dig into their concerns. So you also need a component of coaching in there. You then need to deal with emotional concerns. You need to be able to read body language of the other side to be able to really understand what's going on. Then you need to find a creative problem-solving mindset to get some solution to the conflict. And then almost always you have to negotiate because very rarely is there a perfect solution. So we have to negotiate to an answer. And when you, when you imagine all of these things, that's a lot of different communication skills. And so I'm, I noticed in my trainings that people would you know, have some conflict and we try to get them to solve it and kind of think through the problem. And they just, they were struggling. And they'd say, what about, what do you think? And I'd have six ideas for them. And they said, how do you do that? And I realized that it's, I have this framework because I, I kind of live in this world of communication. I have this big framework so I can pull in skills from all these different directions of communication and other people don't have that. And it's not their fault. It's just, I've spent several years now living in this world and reading books and studying and training. So my current plan, although I have a lot of logistical questions about it, is I'm calling it at the moment roughly calling it deep training. If I would take a group of maybe eight to 10 people, and we would do eight or 10 training courses on these different topics. And, and we do it over three months, maybe four months. We meet every two weeks and every other week we'd have a Skype call and everyone would have a homework assignment. Everyone would have a reading and you'd take those 10 people and really deeply improve their communication on all levels. Mm-hmm. It's not something you can do in a, you know, a one day course or two days.
0: And who would this training be for?
1: That is one of the logistical questions. <laughs> if, if we test it and my, some of my colleagues are interested, I think we could implement it into some of the professional things we're doing. Mm-hmm. But for the companies, it's a problem because it's a, it's a high investment. It's a large financial investment or time investment. And so it would be limited to who could attend it. You know, They're, they're not going to send junior employees on this training who might leave the company in a few months. Um, but I might try it professionally, but I'm also very interested in personal things, because as I, I see a lot of the struggles that people bring, and it even comes into my professional training courses, they don't bring problems from work. Work is okay. They bring problems with their, with their marriage or with their kids or with their friends or their family and all themselves. And I think that's actually a really deep value. So I would like to take this one even outside of my work um, and try to say, you know, let's make a group of people, men or women, and let's be better fathers, mothers, husbands, wives, kids, friends, family members. Which sort of leads into the second project direction that I'm considering. I've been told by a few people um, that I would, or I could be a, a kind of a very good therapist, if that's the right word, and basically the, the, the gentleman who runs the men's group, the psychologist of great experience, very similar to Tony in a way, also highly experienced mentor. And he said, I see something in you. He said, I don't think it would take long. You'll be able to run these kind of men's group yourself. You know, you see through people's problems to the goodness. You see that to help them and you really care about them. So was again, very powerful words, very, very inspirational. So I want to get more human and deeper with people. I'm not exactly sure how to do it, whether that means I would, you know, go back to some kind of education or training to be a therapist, psychologist, I'm not sure. Um, I think in the short term, this deeper learning training course would be very interesting. Mm-hmm. I've also got the intention to start writing and journaling more actively and sharing some of my thoughts on, on, on a blog or similar platform. Um, the only thing that's putting me or stopping me there is I haven't yet finished editing the communication book that I wrote that, that you know about. Um, and I.
0: Let's people don't know about it. You can tell no, them more.
1: Know, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll mention it briefly because uh, the, the awkward thing is people might contact you and say, that sounds good. Where can I buy it? And the answer is nowhere yet. <laughs> but, you uh,
0: can send them your address.
1: <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll send them the Word documents. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, to to put that in perspective, um, I, I think what I'd like to do is have that book finalized and available, at least in an ebook format for people who'd be interested in what I've done or, or who would be reading what I've written, who could then go and get that, that book. Um, and uh, I'll describe my my logistical, let's call it component, Um To highlight the thing that I'm not so greedy anymore. (laughs) I'd like to earn some money from it. That would be nice, but my current plan is I will put it up on, there are some websites that offer digital downloads, um, but in a pay what you want format. So I would put a suggested price for the book, let's say three euros, four or five. I'm not sure, but I would like the price to start from zero. So if you want the book for free, you can have it, of course because I think the messaging is valuable enough. That's more important. If you'd like to pay for it, that would be great too, of course, um, but it's not about the money for me. And to give a little insight into the book for those who, who haven't um, had the chance to, to, to talk about it as we have, it was uh, over Christmas, or November, starting in November last year, I got really, I'll be honest, I was pissed off at Brexit and Donald Trump not at them exactly, but at the way people were talking about it. People were saying horrible things about the other side, you know, whichever side they disagree, you know, really horrible things about them. You know, anyone who voted Trump is a sexist, racist, xenophobic idiot. You know, people who vote Brexit to stay in the EU are stupid, who want to just take the money out of England and give it to other countries. And there's, You know whatever you can find a thousand insults online what annoyed me about it so much was not the opinions themselves because again you can have whatever opinion you like but people seem to think if i say enough bad things about you or your opinion you'll change your mind when has that ever worked in fact ever (laughs) you know (laughs) If I, I don't know, you hold some opinion I dislike. You know, I insult you and I say you know, terrible things about you 10 times. It doesn't change your mind. So I'll say another 10 insults. <laughs> like expecting that a sudden someone's going to, now you've offended me so much, I'll change my mind. It doesn't work. Like, don't be wrong. I think there are some really bad opinions out there. But I don't with communication, that just insulting those people doesn't work. So the, the current title of the book is called Dialogue Trump's Insults. Um, and yes, there is a joke in there for those who, hate it. um, cause Donald Trump is not so good at dialogue, but he's quite good at insults. <laughs> in it, I'm, I'm trying not to take any particular position on any particular issue, but just pointing out that if you want to actually change people's minds, you have to empathize, connect and understand their opinion first you then have to learn to share your opinion more, let's say humanly and openly, and then learn to connect those two and to resolve the conflict or to negotiate to some agreement or outcome, whatever it is. And uh, the book has, of course, a lot of cases. And I look at some very difficult topics um, and I look at some typically controversial topics. Uh, and so my hope is that anyone who would... It's very similar to what I do in communication. I would hope that anybody who wants to make a real impact in their lives and in their communication, um, whether it's personal or professional, would be finding ways to be more effective. You know, as a, as a, as a let's take it a slightly personal topic that, you know, there are many conflicts in, in relationships, you know, we've seen between men and women and married and single or couples, doesn't matter. Um, but let's say, you know, a very common conflict, and I'll make this podcast a bit less professional, a very common conflict couples is sex, you know, and people want more or less. And so there's often a conflict over, you know, how often to go to bed, let's say. Mm. Let's say you're the one who wants it a lot and your partner doesn't want it so much. Then how effective is it going to be at um, uh, seducing them, let's say, if you tell them that they're, you know, a bad lover, they're no good there, we have frigid, you know, they're ice-hearted, they're not passionate, they're not desiring, you know, you should be more interested in me. Do you think that's gonna make them say, oh, now I feel much more romantic. (laughs) Like my my point is is not that it's wrong to feel frustrated or, or struggle on either side, but how you communicate that frustration or that problem or that concern and how you empathize and connect with the other side, it's going to get you to a better place. I'm not saying you're going to suddenly magically fix all your relationship problems, but it's going to be a hell of a lot better than insulting them. Mm. So
0: uh, let's, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, I like a lot this uh, example and I, I don't yeah. have any intention to be super professional I think you did no, a great it's... job taking it to, no. uh, to sex no, I mean, uh,
1: like, it's, Honestly it's been one of the issues that, that, that my wife and I have, have struggled with over, over time and I think the last six months or so have been one of the first times in our relationship that we've, we've found a much better balance and there are a number of reasons behind that, but a lot of it is this kind of thinking, especially from my side. Mm-hmm. I'm only but, human. i had habits for a long time.
0: And you are learning... So you learn a lot what you are teaching, but yeah. you are also implementing what you teach. So that's yeah. always a challenge for a lot of teachers. They teach, but they don't <laughs> implement course. it on themselves. And mm-hmm. you're also... Very honest of sharing your own experience of being human, of not yeah, being think, perfect.
1: I think it's important because I've never met a perfect person. You know, and I think that even, you even find it, and I'm the last person to talk about religion. I'm not religious, but, you know, even, even the character of Jesus, you know, which is very inspirational for many people. One of the things that is inspirational is that Jesus is human. He's afraid and uncertain and scared. And like is very human and, and it's it's i think it connects to people more because when you know in some ways you know god is perfect be like god you go wow well, that's really hard you know god is be like jesus and you go well he was human but he did his best and i think that's that kind of honesty is important mm-hmm. so
0: how would you like to close our conversation
1: Buy my book and make me rich like my cousin.
0: <laughs> I would ask you how people would contact you, but before um, I, I close it myself, I want to ask you what else would you like sure, to
1: No, say? no, I'm, I'm, I'm joking about that one. Um, <laughs> what, what I would ask people to do is to find the best ways to connect with themselves and connect with other people. And a great deal of that comes in how you communicate yourself and how you... Really empathise and listen to the other side, um, and if I can say, I, I hate to pull it down to one phrase, but I'll do my best that try to see someone else as not right or wrong, but someone who's just trying to figure out how to get their their needs, just like you are. They're exactly the same as you. They're just coming from a slightly different place, culturally, historically, personally, etc. And um, then it's not about right or wrong. Um, if we go into right or wrong thinking, it very quickly leads to conflict and to insults and to pain and struggle. So I would encourage people to really talk to each other and really listen. There's so many interesting people out there, and they all know something you don't. So that, that, that I suppose, would be my best, you know, learn to connect with others. And, and as I said, I mean, this, this book, I will be more inspired. I will get it finished and get it up and available. I'll share the link with you. Um, and I said from the start, it's going to be available for free if anybody wants it. So that's more important to me than, than you know, a few, few euros or dollars here or
0: there. Thank you for your generosity. I find oh, you're, you're a, a, a generous act. And how people can connect with you after having listened uh, to what you said and found interesting and maybe want to talk more with you?
1: Um, I'd, I'd say the easiest one um, to find me rather than, you know, you're welcome to contact me via email and so on. And I can, I can share that if you like, but if people would like to contact LinkedIn, I think that's probably the easiest because I think you've searched for Peter Wallin Bratislava. You should find me there. Alternatively, my main email is PG at gmail.com. So we start with that one. And I mean, if there's, if there's something somebody wants to talk, somebody wants to to Skype or to, you know, just have a phone call then we'll make it happen
0: that's great thank you for offering right. and giving your contact information to my, my pleasure to my me. pleasure it yeah. was it has been a great joy talking with you
1: same hey, with me same with me it's been I'm really so long-
0: happy that we reconnected and we talked after some time we were emailing that's,
1: yeah and I'm, and it's it's and i'm very happy to hear that that you're you're doing so many great things and doing so well it's it's a, a really nice to hear and nice to see
0: thank you thank you so much oh thank you so much for that Um, me too i'm also (laughs) i'm also proud you should be (laughs) proud of you Uh, but but i'm also very grateful that uh, i got to know you me too me too thank you so much i hope you enjoyed this episode peter wallin generously shared his thoughts and work about communicating better and being more human i took many lessons from this conversation which i share in a dedicated post on unique.com this is a show and you listened to the podcast unique careers unique lives if you enjoyed the conversation share it with your loved ones we will grow together Change ourselves, our lives together. Change the world together. Because we are in this together. Take care and talk to you in the next episode.